Hello, and welcome to another episode of City on a Hill, a podcast about what it means to be a citizen of heaven and a citizen of the United States. We want to encourage Christians to find their tribe in the church and their hope in the kingdom of God, rather than to seek both in the kingdom of man. So with that, let's get to it today. Well, hello, I'm Eric Eastep. And I'm Scott Ravely. And this is the City on a Hill podcast, where we talk about politics and other things. Scott, how are you doing? Well, I just can hardly wait to talk about politics (laughs) with you, Eric. (laughs) That's why we're here, so I hope so. Oh, I guess that's true. Okay, well, good thing. turns out it's on our calendar, and we're going to do it today. Yep, it's it's here. We have to do it. We're not late this time. It comes comes in the same time as always for you guys, so we came in your face just when you expected it. There you go. Well, no, the, the talking politics with you probably better than talking politics with my wife. And and why is that? Well, we went on a date the other day, and um, I don't know what would prompt a question like this, but she said, "So, do you do you pretty much feel like we're past all the COVID stuff, or do you do you still think about it?" And I sort of broke into a sweat. <laughs> And I said, yeah, pretty much every day. Mm. And if I don't think about it, somebody asks me about it or brings it up or there's a you know, podcast or an article that comes up, says this mm. is what, um, this is how COVID still affects us, blah, blah, blah. And I find out that I, you know, it really still is a factor in most everything that I do. And, you know, I was thinking about this. We started this podcast because... Really, uh, for me, COVID changed the trajectory of the way that I think mm. about politics. I mean, and by, I, and by I, COVID, we're not necessarily talking about the, disease. the virus, the disease. We're the, talking the, about the pandemic. The, yeah, and everything surrounding the pandemic, socially, all the, politically. Yes, yes, all the political things and the shutdowns and the riots and all the things. Because yeah, I, th- I think about COVID every time I get a sniffle. Like, wow, shoot, there's that, there's that side of it. But then everything else is different. <laughs> there is. Uh, there's the non-pandemic side where it's the sniffles. Mm-hmm. And then there's the um, pandemic side with all of the government um, regulations and all that. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, the thing that still has a residue for me that mm-hmm. makes me uh, want to curl up in a corner and just forget about the rest of the world because... <laughs> It really was uh, a challenge. I mean, I'm, I, up until then, I I felt like I had gotten away uh, with taking a hands-off approach on mm. politics as a pastor mm-hmm. and saying, you know what, let's, um, let's speak to the rest of life and leave politics to the consciences of the people. Mm. In other words, let's let them vote their conscience and we'll deal with the other stuff. And try mm-hmm. to inf- in, uh, preach to and influence the thing that... Drives their conscience, probably. Well, yeah, and preach the gospel, and you know, we'll do, we'll do the gospel. They can do the politics, mm-hmm. sort of thing. And um, how would that look? Maybe this is too specific, but what would that look like on a Sunday? It would just look like almost never making application to politics. Mm-hmm. I found that I, I at least think of an application regarding politi- mm-hmm. politics now every Sunday. Oh, okay. I may not wow. make one, but, you know, that, I mean, last week was, um, <clears throat> last week I preached about uh, Jesus feeding the 5,000, and he was 
uh, he was coming right off of a banquet that Herod had thrown. Mm-hmm. Herod, mm-hmm. the king, right. had thrown a certain kind of banquet that was um, full of immorality and drunkenness and murder. Yeah, it was like a PG, it's an R-rated banquet over there. Yeah, yeah. there's no PG-13 on that. And then Jesus himself throws a banquet, illustrate with, uh, you know, providing for the people rather than taking from the people. And, and he, really, he styles himself, you wouldn't say it maybe not that way, but he contrasts himself mm-hmm. with the earthly king. Mm-hmm. And there is then this aha moment that the feast provided by King Jesus is a different kind of feast altogether than the right. feast provided by King Herod. Right. And so, I mean, I find that almost every time mm-hmm. now there's some sort of a uh, application about the kingdom of heaven. Well, I'm in Matthew 2, which does help, but... Yeah, it's uh, about the king. You can't, yeah. you can't really avoid it in Matthew, because I think that's part of the point Matthew's making, is that the gospel is political. But the, but the contrast between uh, King Jesus and earthly king is really stark. And I find myself making that more, making application of the text uh, to politics more and more. So I don't know if that answers your question. That's yeah, your question. but in the past, um, would you have still had the, you observe the text and, and think, oh, here's an, a political application, but then no, I'm going to put that, avoid in, it? I'm going to avoid it. I'm just going to shut the door on that and not deal with it. That's a good question. I think probably f- it's probably most accurate to say I never would have thought about it. Okay. I never, it never would have occurred to me that there's any kind of a uh, two-feast contrast here mm-hmm. between the mm-hmm. feeding of the 5,000 and Herod's feast. Okay. Now, yeah, that's that's probably the thing. And um, so I don't know if that's fair to say, but uh, because of that, I think I, I didn't have the language and the tools to talk about politics from the pulpit. And I don't think the church had the language and the tools to talk about politics from a gospel point of view either. Mm. And really, I mean, we acknowledge that in the first, yeah. well, 100 episodes. Of yeah. <laughs> you know, because we really, that's why we started this, was to mm. try and help uh, give a point of view that is a gospel point of view about um, politics. So, mm-hmm. anyway. Well, I, I can speak as... I haven't been a pastor as long, but have sat in the pew a long time in, in many different churches and don't feel like I was given a, a political discipleship, as it were, uh, on Sunday. So then I'm sitting in, maybe I'm prepping a sermon or something, and maybe that thing comes to mind. I go, oh, maybe, yeah, I'm not really going to, no, I'll, I'll put that one on the back burner. So that, that's been my, prior to uh, the last couple of years, that was my default, I think. Um, well, and I, and I guess I don't want people to think, well, yeah, come, you know, come to New Life Church and you're going to get a political sermon. That's not at all it. Right. It's just the fact that um, the the things that govern our life together mm-hmm. and the things that... Um, he just said politics, by the way, but guys. <laughs> what's that? You just said govern our lives together, politics. I'm just showing that that's a definition. That's I was using it as a definition. Right, right. The things that uh, govern our lives together do factor in without saying, you know, Republican, Democrat, be partisan, vote mm-hmm, this way, mm-hmm. think about this policy. There's no politics like that. Mm-hmm. But that's not what I'm talking about. Right. In that regard, I would say it's still apolitical. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I smile at that because over the course of uh, COVID and all of the um, all the things, I, I talked to a friend who 
is a pastor, and he was uh, speaking with somebody who was leaving his church, and that person was giving him kind of an you know exit interview kind of a thing, and a mm. uh, person told him he said I I I just want to go to an apolitical church, and my friend took umbrage and just sort of like what, and. Uh, he said to the guy, he said, I, I thought we were pretty uh, political. You'd be hard-pressed to find one, a church that, does, that has less politics than us. And this person replied to him and said, well, I want an apolitical church that leans a little more to the left. <laughs> and I think that that's, you know, that's kind of the way that a, a lot of us think about church is that the church should lean one direction or the other, mm. Uh, and be apolitical at the same time, which is kind of weird. In other words, right. thinking that there's this aspect of politics that the church should have that isn't really politics, but, uh, you know, it's, we sort of, I don't know, euphemistically talk about politics, or mm. we, or we talk about um, <clears throat> something that that isn't direct but is still agrees with most of the people, I think. Mm. You know, I mean, it's, it's really well, maybe hard. Maybe it hit, hits the right shibboleths. So my, my side of the aisle, your side of the aisle, and, and you, we use the language that leans the direction I prefer in a partisan perspective. Well, the, yeah, in a partisan perspective. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely that. The people who are listening kind of are listening for something like right. that. And, um, you know, the I guess the thing, and maybe this is, I don't know, a summary episode or something, but... I think the answer is not to get less political, but to get more political. And rather than trying to remain neutral, and I think that's, it's probably not apolitical, but mm. it's more neutrality. Mm. Like, let's be the let's Geneva. Be the yeah. <laughs> um, but rather, uh, I, I think that the church should be more political, namely, they should engage the politics of the kingdom of heaven. And I think that that's vastly different than the the politics of partisanship or the politics of certain elections or policies or mm -hmm. um, anything like that. So anyway, the um, what what I'm saying when I say that is the opposite of let's not talk about politics, but let's focus on the gospel. Mm -hmm. which probably, in all fairness, was the way that I would approach it before. Let's remain neutral sure. in politics and focus on the gospel as though the gospel was not political. Right. And I think that's where, that's sort of the aha thing for me in the last couple of years is that the gospel is political. The, the word euangelion, which is good news, and it, it was a political announcement mm -hmm. of the victory of a king. And Christians borrowed that right. uh, terminology, namely they borrowed political terminology to describe the message of the church, mm. which is kind of a serious thing. Yeah. Not only did they do that, they borrowed the, the term for the meeting of the church, uh, namely the ecclesia, which was the mm -hmm. gathering, the political gathering right. of the citizens. And so the church borrowed for their meeting the name of the political gathering where they would announce a political message. It, it would be like us calling church Congress. 
let's go to Congress right. and let's give a State of the Union or right. some other right. political kind of language mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. our thing. I mean, it very much, especially when Caesar was um, expected to be worshipped as a god. Mm-hmm. He expected that people would revere him as though he were deity. Mm-hmm. And then the, the church comes along and says, no, sorry, you're not it. Jesus is it. Right. And that was a very much political statement. And so the message of the gospel in that regard is political. Now, it, they, and I, I want to make sure to distinguish this because this is where we, I get, think, get stuck, is that it is not a political message in that they were not advocating that Caesar take this position or that position, that there is any kind of legislation or you know this way or that way. There was none of that. I mean, that's not what the church meant by being political. The political the that church wasn't would, their aim. No, it would have been ridiculous for it to be their aim. But they were political nonetheless because they were saying Caesar's not king. Mm-hmm. There's a different king besides Caesar, mm-hmm. which could which is actually a worse <laughs> or stronger political statement. Then hey, how about if you just you know give right. us this tax break or some crazy thing? Right, and so um, that made it just strikingly political. Uh, and so when the church says you know let's advocate for this policy or that policy or this candidate or that candidate or whatever, uh, and, and lean right or left, we're not. It's not that that's political. It's just that that's not political enough. Mm-hmm. That's uh, you know that's just playing at a, a, a low level. That's mm-hmm. like the little league of politics. When King Jesus says, let's play in the majors, right. and the majors are, let's decide who's king. Right. And so... Well, and what do you think changed? So at the, at the beginning of the church, there's a proclamation of a Evangelion, there's, which is saying a, a king won, and that we're going we're gonna to yell that from the rooftops, basically. A king mm-hmm. won victory, and that's what our proclamation is. And really, you're, you're flirting with death at that point. If, if you are under Caesar's rule, uh, which is sovereign and complete, mm-hmm. um, we went from that type of political message to now, I hear about gospel all the time. I hear about the kingdom of God all the time, but it doesn't have that potency. Um, I, don't, I don't feel like I'm, or maybe historically, I haven't felt like, oh, I'm, I have a death wish. Uh, that Part of that is because we live in a democracy and we do things a little bit differently than under Caesar. But what thankfully. changed? Thankfully, thankfully yeah. yeah. Super, super grateful for that. But what changed? Why, why is, the, is our assumption about the kingdom different than it was then? Well, I think probably, I mean, my first thought is that uh, the Roman Empire, you, you may say, was Christianized. Um, and uh, I don't know that... At, from that point on, it was quite the same level of message. In other words, mm. it was... The contrast is less? Definitely less contrast and less threat. I mean, there, there was right. no more threat. It was a, let's pacify the, um, the Christians because there are so many of them. Mm-hmm. And let's make it a... I think it was a political move for them. Or, mm-hmm. But I don't think that... Um, I don't think that it had the same... Once Constantine said, uh, I conquered in the name of Christ, and it became a uh, sort of a Christian, it, okay to be Christian, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it didn't have, it wasn't as rebellious anyway. Sure. I mean, in that regard, I think that's probably what you're feeling. It wasn't subversive in the same way. In other words, there was a sense in which uh, Caesar <laughs> um, surrendered mm-hmm. there. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think that that uh, ushers in an era when there's a distinction between the spiritual and the secular and, and what's what's spiritual work, what's not secular work, because it's just assumed in Christendom that those things are going to happen. Um, and I, I think for whatever reason, we now sit in a time when we talk about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, we assume it's a quote-unquote spiritual kingdom, um, which to some degree is to say it's not a real kingdom. It's like a kingdom of our hearts or something weird like that, which, which uh, pushes it off to the side. A kingdom of our hearts. Well, I, I think I think that a lot of people like very much like a Valentine's <laughs> sort of a thing. Yeah, that's great. Over here making Hallmark cards, but I I think it lands in that kind of way when we don't think about the think right. reality of it. Um, yeah, I, I belong to the kingdom of God. I have Jesus in my heart. It I'm going affects, to heaven. I'm going to heaven, which is somewhere else, not here. Yep. Which uh, pulls apart things in Scripture that should not be pulled apart. We talk about new heavens and new earth coming, a restoration of things and a, a real kingdom, a physical kingdom. And we don't think about those when we're, when we're walking about our day, figuring out how the city is organized or how the state is organized, and then thinking, oh, yeah, I belong to a kingdom. And we don't, I, I know that I, my default is not necessarily to say there is a coming king in flesh and blood who will come and rule over, uh, over physical space again, and it'll be good. Um, and I, I usually pull those things apart. Mm-hmm. And I th- my assumption would be that that's what, that's where people categorize kingdom of God is something other than uh, yeah, real I would, government. I would think that that's the, the way that we um, typically interact with it. As though, you know, I asked Jesus into my heart mm-hmm. and the rest of me does something different. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the spiritualized kingdom of God I th- is, is, a, is the way that you just mentioned it. And I think when we do that, the kingdom of, of heaven or the kingdom of God becomes spiritual and then we expect that that spiritual eth- ethereal belief is going to influence my earthly, real, physical mm-hmm. politics, mm-hmm. and that that's the connection between the two. Mm-hmm. So that the one is invisible, and that affects the the visible. And I think that you know, as you just hinted, I think we're better off to assume that the kingdom of God is actually a real thing with a real king, and that that changes how I act in the real world. Because the kingdom itself is um, is not simply relegated to a spiritual thing that might impact mm-hmm. my opinions or my vote, but rather it uh, impacts the you know the reality of my everyday moment and will affect the reality of the world one day. So um, I say that because when when the kingdom is real, like um, like uh, France is real or like um, India is real, then there is a real kingdom to which I belong mm-hmm. that, uh, and I live in a kingdom that is not that yet. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the place that I live is not the kingdom of heaven. I am uh, living there nonetheless. So that then gives me this political uh, unrest or angst mm-hmm. that I'm not home. Mm-hmm. 
See, and when I'm not home, but I have a real kingdom, I am seeing the world differently. And I think that that's kind of how the, well, I know that's how the, the New Testament presents mm-hmm. this. And it says that we are ambassadors. Right. In other words, we are citizens of a different kingdom, a real kingdom, mm-hmm. and we are representing that kingdom to the kingdom that we live in, the secondary kingdom we live in. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I would say is a, uh, a political reality is that the church is, you know, functions as an embassy of that foreign kingdom, mm-hmm. as though the kingdom were real and a foreign entity. In other words, my concern then for, uh, for my politic is how it reflects on the, other, on the kingdom to which I really belong. Right. So I'm, in, I'm, I'm representing a kingdom rather than trying to get this kingdom here to do what I hope it will do. And <clears throat> that's, a, that's a different way of thinking about the politics of the gospel. Um, well, I think to go back to the statement, we're, we're not political enough. I think if you sit here and don't have a sense, uh, at least a small sense of, I'm an exile, um, I, I belong to a different home, then you're probably not political enough. You probably don't understand, the, the one, the message of the king, the message of the coming kingdom, and you need to, that needs to form more of your identity. Yeah, I, th- I think that the, one of the ways you would diagnose that would be is when you think of Christianity or your religion, however you want to talk about it, um, is the way that that interacts with what you consider to be politics, does it interact in such a way that you hope that your politics are influenced by a religion? In other words, it's going to shape the morality that I vote for or vote against. So what I believe about Christianity uh, essentially informs how, you know, who I vote for or what um, legislation that, uh, you know, I, uh, petitions I sign or whatever. And in other words, it's this invisible religion of yours influencing this visible Mm -hmm. politic. Is that the way that you conceive of the relationship between Christianity and politics? Or is there a real kingdom to which you belong and your primary concern is the reputation of that kingdom and how that kingdom is affected by the earthly politics. Mm. And so, you know, I'm just thinking of the, I mean, one of the things that's really, um, I don't know, influenced me, shaken, shaken me maybe, is just the, all that I hear about the evangelical church being politically active mm-hmm. and how the, and essentially what, it, what the world, how the world sees mm-hmm. the church mm-hmm. because of the way the church engages the uh, politics of America. And in other words, my concern now <clears throat> in, in rethinking this in becoming more political is not that I really have a better beat on the news or I understand mm-hmm. foreign policy better. Or I, I'm not any better than I ever was. Mm. But, my, but I'm more political in that I am more concerned about 
the kingdom of heaven and the impact that my life has as a representative of that or an ambassador and how the church as this embassy of that kingdom reflects the qualities of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is the thing that um, is stressful for me and makes me feel like my politic is not, uh, it's out of step with the politic that I would see on the news or mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another way to diagnose that difference is do I see my political opinions or my partisan opinions, um, do they, am I thinking that the church or you could say the kingdom of heaven is in jeopardy and needs the stability and security that can be provided by this earthly kingdom? Mm. Um, do do I represent my kingdom, this kingdom of heaven I belong to, as weak or dependent on the benevolence of some earthly kingdom? Like weak, you know, the church is in danger because if we're imperiled or embattled, uh, you know, are we really representing uh, a kingdom that is governed by peace and a king that can um, rule overall? I mean, that's... I'm just trying to, to talk about this in a way that helps us see the difference between the politics of the kingdom of heaven right. and what we consider to be partisan politics between the right and the left. Right. Well, and, it, and if I sit there and use the word embattled or imperiled um, or dependent, mm-hmm. that that has some assumptions about how, how powerful or substantial or significant you think the kingdom is. If, if you're sitting here as the church and uncertain about its future, and thus I need to be buttressed by the state or buttressed by whatever nation I belong to because mm-hmm. my, my embassy is not that strong and my kingdom's not that big, that, that's a very poor representation of the kingdom you belong to. That's ver- you, well, you belong to a small kingdom. Right, and one that's just uh, you know in trouble. Yeah, pins and needles. Right. Yeah. So that's, that, I think, is something I want people to think about. It's related to that is... Um, the, um, <clears throat> am I representing, uh, this other kingdom, this kingdom of heaven, um, by the way that I talk about earthly politics mm. in a way that makes the king, King Jesus look good, or am I interacting with earthly politics in a way that makes Jesus look weak or fearful or somehow vulnerable mm. because of the way that the world is or the you know people are voting or anything like that. And that is, um, to me, that's pretty central mm-hmm. to how you, what you really think the kingdom of heaven is all about. Mm-hmm. So... Um, well, and that has me thinking about the roles of, of ambassadors from different countries and, yeah. and there's ambassadors to every country. And... I don't think there's any way you can say that an, an ambassador is not political. They're they're inherently political. They belong to a political organization. They're pro- it's probably more complex right. to be a politically to be an ambassador than just a regular right. person. Yep. And but you can be sure that they, if they are a good ambassador, let's let's put a little caveat there. They are not going to sully themselves with the partisan 
the partisan antics of the the country in which they currently reside. So if, if they're, I got a, I got an ambassador from France that's hanging out in America. He's going to be political because he's going to explain and and defend and um, represent the king the the nation he belongs to over there. But he's not going to dance around and, and sit in the the partisan stuff that is is not his it's not his problem. Mm-hmm. That's over there. I, I I'm I'm in France. I don't need to deal with this stuff. I I need to make sure I represent what is necessary for France because that's my job, and I want to make sure France looks good and has has its best foot forward through the way I communicate and the way I interact with all the, the governmental leaders here. But I don't need to, I don't need to interact with the stuff you guys are, are um, worrying yourselves about. I had a, I had a real life experience with that. Yeah. I was in Italy and I lost my passport. It happened to be Labor Day weekend. Now just for, it doesn't take much of an international perspective to realize Labor Day is not an international holiday. <laughs> but it happens to be an American holiday, and so I'm over there, and I'm without a passport, and I really, really, really want to talk to somebody at the embassy. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but we're closed for, for Labor Day because they, you know, their citizenship is somewhere else. Right, right. And I, you know, it just was one of those moments that realized – yeah, the homeland has the primary sway mm-hmm. on the embassy, on the ambassadors. And that's, I think, what I really hope, uh, you know, the, the political message I hope the church will come away with. Mm-hmm. And which has to do with really their identity's primary. And uh, I, I just wonder if people heard us talk about politics mm. and, or when we think we're talking about politics, let me say it that way, right. what would people say is most important to you? Uh, is the is the country um, in which you live the most important, or is the kingdom to which you belong the most important? Mm. And I think that the you know when we're talking about getting more political, the political message of the gospel is that the king or the American government isn't the true king. Mm-hmm. It's temporary and fleeting. Period. End of discussion. That's the message of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that we get. You know, when we're not political enough, we lose sight, and we hope that somehow um, Christianity influences the American government. The reality is, the American government isn't going to last anyway, and that mm. the gospel is going to last. The kingdom of heaven is going to last, and so the political message of the gospel is that the real politic belongs to Jesus. Uh, I think another thing. I'm just sorry. I'm just rambling. Just rambling. I'm, on, I'm on a roll. I do, you, you asked that question, and I I do think that'd be an interesting challenge to just ask your friends. I talk about politics with you. What What do you assume about me and and my relationship to the kingdom because of the way I talk about politics? And that'd be just if a, you could get if you want to get vulnerable <laughs> and talk with your friends. That would be interesting. I mean that. I mean that's the essentially question whether you ask it or not. You've right. got to come to grips with right. Yeah. I think another related thing is that uh, the gospel is political in that the, the kingdom of heaven operates differently than the kingdoms on earth. In other words, the methods of the kingdom of heaven are different than the methods of the kingdom of earth. And one of the places that this comes into most conflict is when uh, the church tries to do business using the methods of the kingdoms of the earth. Uh, because that has to do with power and influence, and the kingdom of heaven has to do with being poor in spirit, being meek, serving, mm-hmm. um, 
mourning, that sort of thing. Those are the kingdom uh, methods and values. And to play by earthly rules and claim to represent a different kingdom is to confuse the message of the gospel. So people will not understand Mm -hmm. what you're talking about because it looks like something other than what it is. Mm -hmm. It looks like something earthly when it really is the kingdom of heaven. And so I think methods matter as well. And I think we have to really kind of keep our eye on the ball, not only with what is really the lasting politic, namely the kingdom of heaven, but also what the methods of that politic are. Mm. So, mm-hmm. and and we are modeled the earthly methods constantly. And depending on what you you intake, and this is why we talk about news all the time and social media all the time, you are um, discipled in the method, the earthly methods. Uh, I don't even want to use that. Just the American methods um, of government or or politics or partisanship. And if you are not careful, you will use those methods because you, oh, that's how we do these things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you take your eye off the ball of the kingdom and, and lose track of, of where it is we're going, that what's in front of you is what you're going to mimic. Well, it, it's a mimic, but it's also if you play that game, mm-hmm. if that's a game that you're going to play, you think mm-hmm. you have to play by those rules. Sure. And as soon as you do, you're no longer acting as an ambassador. Mm of the kingdom. Yeah, that's that's good. And I think that we got to really pay attention to that. Well, and I jumped into that game, um, and that was a constant temptation exactly. to... Okay. We, talk, I we think talked you, about that yeah, a lot. Yeah. And I think you can, quote-unquote, play that game um, without those methods. And mm-hmm. I think you can engage um, engage the smaller, say, smaller kingdom, um, American uh, government, politics, whatever. You can engage that without saying... I belong first and foremost here, um, and thus I will do the things you guys do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's harder, but I think it's workable. I think it's doable. And, and I, th- I also think there could be some value there. And as we're talking about you're not political enough, I, I think the system to which we belong here, um, the, what, what you all call home right now as we're waiting for the kingdom to come, is a pretty good setup. It's, it's, it's not a bad place to be. There are, there are far worse governments, far worse... Um, far worse historical kingdoms that we could have belonged to. And it would have been real easy to go, ah, we can't wait for the kingdom because this is so bad. Right. Um, and the contrast would be more obvious, Rome being an example before Constantine. Uh, and I, I think because we sit in a good form, um, maybe even in, in the history of, of governments in exceptional form, I think the temptation to take the good and make it an idol is all the more uh, prevalent. Because we, hey, this is this is pretty good, and we go, hey, let's make this pretty good thing the ultimate thing, and we supplant the ultimate with the good, and we demote our politics from the politics of the kingdom to the politics of the republic, mm. and say, oh yeah, I, I love the republic, this is good stuff, and we kind of ignore the kingdom, which I think is is part of the reason we have maybe the maybe the proclivity to say, ah, spirit, we spiritualize these things and make them something different because we're we're dealing with something good here, um, or the potential for good. So I think the 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 opportunity to make it an idol and make it something that's bigger than it should be is it's something that comes up often and we need to be careful. Yeah, and it's easy to do. And um, <clears throat> I like that you said demotes our politics from the kingdom to the republic because mm-hmm. I think that that's what we have done. And not and and when I started off by saying, you know, I tried to remain apolitical, mm-hmm. I, I I really wasn't trying to. 
Um, essentially, what I was trying to say was I don't want to deal in the politics of the republic, but I wasn't representing the politics of the kingdom either. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the that's the thing. I mean, one of the things that um, you wrote, I don't know if it was uh, original with you, but you just said that those who are engaged in partisan politics in America are children playing Bob the Builder in the sandbox while they're invited to participate in the construction of a cathedral. Mm. And I really like that. That's, uh, it's easy to demote yourself to Bob the Builder mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and forget what you're really trying to do. So, Well, and uh, so I just picture my, bo- my boys playing in the sandbox mm-hmm. and, and thinking they're building something big because they made a little tower with sand and you're going, hey, we're going to go build this thing, and I actually want you to participate in the building of this thing. And they go, no, 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 we're doing something big and, and powerful over here. Like the, the contrast doesn't even make sense that you would invest the type of energy that you could invest in constructing the cathedral into mm-hmm. putting up sand castles that will literally fall apart. They're not going to last very long. Right. Um, and I, I think when we're not political enough, it's when we focus on the, sta- the sand instead of the cathedral. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to way to say that, and I think we have to we just have to come to grips with the fact that gospel is political, and to really believe the gospel, to buy into the gospel, mm-hmm. uh, and to and to hold on to Jesus as King Jesus, mm-hmm. our Lord, mm-hmm. is to say, you know what, I need to be more political. Right. I mean, this is. Um, <laughs> uh, we we read this, we read this at Christmas time and think this is about Christmas, mm-hmm. but it but it's really about politics. Mm-hmm. When we read Isaiah nine six and seven, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and I think people hear Handel's Messiah or something mm-hmm. when I say that, mm-hmm. and the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end, on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Mm-hmm. Is a real honest-to-goodness political statement when you say, I believe in Jesus. And that, that's intense. Yeah. I don't, think, I don't think I even heard this passage until maybe three years ago. Oh, like I heard I, it every Christmas. Every Christmas, but I didn't hear it. I didn't know what this was talking about. And to have the government, the increase of his government of peace, there would be no end. The king, the king is so powerful and so absolute that his, his, he won't stop increasing his government. Everything will be under his control. Everything will be under his power and influence and sovereignty. And I, I just don't think that sits well in our imaginations. We're, we're Americans, and we're used to democracy, and to even think about having a king, someone who's absolutely sovereign and has the final say in everything, um, also to be a God of full justice and full righteousness so that it's a good king, I just don't think we can even think about that well because we're not used to having that type of authority, a single authority over us. And that's, that's the level of politics we're talking about. That's the king that's coming. Yeah, when you become more political... This is what you're after, mm-hmm. and I think you know. There, I think there are two, two things that we do. Uh, one is that I I, th- I agree with you. We have an exceptional um, earthly government here now that has is wonderful, and we forget that the gospel 
challenges that, mm. that the gospel offers us a government with King Jesus. And so we sort of, we sort of don't put those things together mm. on the one hand. On the other, because it's as good as it is, we think, eh, I don't really need this other thing. Mm. We'll make it more spiritual or whatever. Right. And this just really, uh, I just think that we probably ought to start thinking in terms of being more political. I mean, not more partisan, mm-hmm. not any of the things that you think of when you're talking about politics, but representing the kingdom of heaven in a um, in a way that sounds as political as it is. Maybe that's a good way mm. to say it. Mm. That's good, so, yeah. Anyway, I, li- I like I like how you just summarized really how intensely political mm. uh, King Jesus is, and um, that's probably if we're gonna if we're gonna follow him, we're gonna have to be that way too, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add? I think I've probably other than people talked, need to be more political. I probably talked more than I need to talk here today. So. <laughs> Well, we just threw down the gauntlet for all of you. You need to be more political. So if you have a thought or a question or maybe you disagree and you say, yeah, yeah, right, uh, and here's why, send us an email. We would love to hear your thoughts, and maybe we can respond to them in a future episode. You can send that email to comment at cityonahillpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe. Share this with a friend and say, hey, I think you are not political enough, and maybe you can send it to your most partisan friend and just see how that conversation goes. Um, I think that'd be a good challenge. So try that out, share it with a friend. uh, And until next time, we look forward to the next conversation.